0: Today, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to you mothers out there. Um, You guys are doing a fantastic job. I know sometimes you get discouraged and you feel like you're really doing a stinky job because I know what it's like. I felt that way, and I made a lot of mistakes, but my kids still turned out good, so there is hope for you even if you make mistakes. Um, But I just want to encourage you that all those mundane chores that you do, changing the diapers, feeding, the laundry, the wiping the dirty hind ends, I mean, all of it can seem so mundane and so insignificant. But I just want to remind you that you moms are modeling the fivefold ministry, the prophetic, the evangelist, the teacher, the prophet, and the pastor. You are being all of those to your children. And so I just want you to remember that. So when you feel really frazzled and overwhelmed on days and you think, oh, what is, what am I accomplishing? You are accomplishing something. So Put that somewhere so that you can pull it out when you're just feeling just unravelled. Okay, so here we go. We're going to be talking about prayer today, um, but I want to first start off with prayer is the connection with God, who knows everything. Nothing is under any stone. Nothing is uncovered. Everything is. He knows everything. Prayer is to a God that has the power to do anything. And prayer to a God that is perfectly good. And I know sometimes good is hard to see in this world with all that's going on. But I promise you, God is always good. Amen. The only the, the chaos and the darkness that you see, that's either because of man's choice or because of the enemy who brings the chaos and the darkness. Because God is perfectly good. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at the connection with God. Um, the how-to and the power of prayer, and then at the end, we're going to talk about our action plan for this week. So, and I'm really going to try hard not to do this thing, because <laughs> I, the last time I preached, I heard that all the time, and so I'm really going to try hard not to do that. All right, so what motivates us to pray? A lot of times we pray because we're in a crisis Um You know, the car breaks down, the furnace goes out, the kids are sick, you you get laid off from your job. And and we we do this 911 prayer and we're just, you know, at wit's end. And so we go and we just pray. Sometimes we pray because there's a need. We have a difficult decision that needs to be made. And I just had to experience that very difficult decision this past week with my mom. Um, I had to discuss with her about DNR. And that's hard, and we had to come up with a decision to make, and it took a lot of prayer. Sometimes we pray because we've been told we need to or we read that we need to, or sometimes we pray because it's just tradition. I know growing up Methodist, we had the, the prayers that we recited, and um, I know the Catholic Church has prayers that they recite, and, and none of that is none of these things are bad that we're praying for but it just you're missing the whole point of prayer if that's the only motivation for your prayer is because you're wanting something from God in actuality prayer is to connect us with God that was Jesus's motivation for prayer was to connect with his father and if he knew the importance of that he needed to connect with his father how much more do we need to connect with our heavenly father and he goes and says that in I hope I didn't, nope, I didn't do it right. Okay, John 17, 11. Jesus says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, for, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. It's connection. And then he goes on down a little further, and he says, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. So when we're connected with God, we're in unity, and that feels good when you're united with God. I don't know about you, but it feels good for me. All right, praying to connect with God. So, since our sole motivation to pray is not to just get something from God, but rather to connect with him. Let's go back to the very beginning of the Garden of Eden, and there was actual prayer going on even then. It wasn't the silence between the three, between Adam and Eve and God. They were communicating, they were talking, they were praying. That's what prayer is, you're communicating with God. So, when they were living in the garden... um, they, they, they talked a lot. Um, but I want to go a little bit further. Even before they sinned, what do you think the conversations were about? I mean, they, they didn't have any problems. They didn't have sickness. They didn't have financial needs. They didn't have to forgive each other. There was no nothing. It was just this utopia. So what were they talking about? What were they discussing amongst each other? All it was was just connecting with each other. So that's what prayer, that's what it initially started as, was just connection with God. So just as God wants a relationship with Adam and Eve, he wants the same with us. It's a koinonia relationship. It's one where it's joint participation, it's community It's sharing and it's intimacy. And one of the definitions I read was it was a dynamic relationship. And that was my favorite because I'm like, when I think of a dynamic relationship, I think of energy and um, just connection and you're just, everything are just firing on all the cylinders and you're just really getting along. And I think, wow, that's what I want to have with God is this dynamic relationship with him. So that when I am connecting with God, what I am saying is that my attitude and my spirit, my character, my nature are all one with him so that I think like him, I act like him, I live like him, I forgive like him, and I love like him. I want to be all of that, and that's what we get when we connect with God. So how well are we doing at connecting with God? Do all our disappointments and distractions and busyness, do they rob us of all that connection, that that dynamic relationship with him? I know for me, the last couple of weeks have been just very distracting, very overwhelming for me, and I have felt very disconnected from God. Because it's just been, yeah, it's been nuts. So I need to get my connection back with God. And so I want to share some ways of how we can do that. Um, Sometimes our problems are overwhelming. And we, like I said, we lose our disconnection. We get hopeless and we forget how to pray and what to pray. Um, If you find yourself in that spot, I want you to listen really carefully about some things that I use. These are just a few tools that I use to help me get connected back with God. So one of them is silence and solitude. It's creating a space for God, you and him alone. You're setting aside time. You're setting aside all the distractions, all the busyness, all the Um, overwhelming, all the the plates that you're trying to spin in your head. And it's a place where no one can fix that spot. Only God can fix it. And so, like, for me, (laughs) I've been so overwhelmed. And as exhausted as I have been, I have been, and I go to bed, and it's silent. And I'm trying to practice silence and solitude. and And the room's quiet. And I'm exhausted. But as soon as my head hits that pillow... Man, the plates start spinning, you know, is my mom getting cared for? Is her catheter going to get infection? Are they being patient with her? You know, are she getting her up for therapy? All these things, oh, we got to sell her house now, and we got to get it ready to show. And, and I'm, my mind just goes a gazillion miles an hour, and it's hard to quiet the mind. And I'll, sh- I'll explain how I do that in here in a little bit in that silence and solitude moment. LectoDivina. It's a time of reading scriptures for transformation rather than information. And that's what I love about doing the here journals. I love all the information that I'm learning. We've been in the book of Acts lately for the last several months. And I love watching Paul's missionary journeys and all the places he stopped. And I like to pull out a map and go, oh, he went there. And and all the people he, um, you know, met with. And it just, I love all that history part and that's great information but I need to use the scripture for transformation in my life and so we can ask questions like what does it say what is that verse saying what does it mean how can I use it in my life I want to be like Samuel when he was a little boy and say Lord here's your servant I am listening self-examination is another area that we can practice connection with God this is a scary place for some of us because we have been shaped by shame-based family or church systems. We resist entering into deeper levels of, of levels of self-knowledge, for fear, of feeling debilitated by shame or swept away by remorse. For some, our sense of worth is so fragile, and our perfectionism that's me so pronounced that we are not sure we could even bear facing the truth of our own darkness without becoming completely unraveled. (laughs) So, for example, my perfection talks like this to me. If you can't do it right every day and you've missed some time with the Lord, then why bother doing it at all? (laughs) But let me tell you, God will take whatever you can give him, whenever you can give it, at any time. Don't buy the lie that if it's not done perfectly good every day that he isn't interested in anything you have to say. Offer. This is a hard place for me to self exam when I feel overwhelmed because when I get overwhelmed, I do feel I'm coming unraveled and I go into shutdown mode. So, (laughs) with that being said, I'm trying to prepare this message, and my mom calls me a week and a half ago and says, I've fallen. And I'm like, oh, so I go over there, and we have to take her to the emergency room. She's admitted, surgery, she's in there a week, I'm staying the night with her. This has become to the wayside, and I am feeling totally overwhelmed and coming unraveled. And I, my first reaction is, I don't want to do this, Eric. I, I just want to go to him and say, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I can't handle it right now. My world is falling apart but I knew with encouragement from him and some of my other friends that were texting me that I needed to obey the Lord and still press through the chaos and the overwhelming. And to, why am I doing this? Why do I feel so overwhelmed? Right. God's with me. He never leaves me or forsakes me. And another way we can connect with God is praying God's word. So what does that mean? It's talking to him using his word, scriptures. When a passage speaks to you, it's time to pray that word that God gave you or highlighted. So, for example, when my dad was dying of liver cancer about eight years ago, and and again now I'm using the same scripture with my mom because we can feel really anxious. I was feeling anxious during worship, and I had to keep repeating the scripture over in my head. And it goes like this. It's in Philippians four, five through seven. And I found this scripture, and I would have to just pray the scripture because I didn't know what else to pray. I didn't know what to say to God. I just I was so lost in my sorrow and my worry, and just caring for my dad, and now caring for my mom. And and I just it's everything that I need. So I love to pray this when I have no words to say. It says, "Let your gentle spirit." Be known to all men that the Lord is near. He is near. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That's a commandment, by the way. But in everything, everything, everything in your life, by prayer and supplication, with what? And we forget to do that so much we forget to thank God for his promises we forget to thank him for what he's done for us let your requests be made known to God tell him he wants to hear it he already knows it but he just wants to hear it from you because he loves you so much and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension or all understanding because man it is hard to wrap your mind around that kind of peace But it will, it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I use this to help me calm down and get back into my peace. It's praying God's Word. So maybe you're struggling in life. I would encourage you to pray Psalms 42. Or maybe you're feeling afraid, you've got fear. I'd pray Psalms 34. If you've sinned and want to repent, I would pray Psalms 51. He delights in your prayers just as much as yesterday, as he does today and forever. He wants to hear. He wants to connect with you personally. So now that we know our motivation for prayer should, should be for connection, let's talk about the moments when we pray our problems. So Jesus was faced with a problem that was presented to him. It was in Matthew 14, 30 through 21. All the 5,000 men and women and children had gathered to hear Jesus, and everybody's getting hungry, and the disciples wanted to send them away, and Jesus is like, no, we, we need to, they need to stay, and we're, we're going to feed all these people. Well, they don't have the local Walmart down the road to go get groceries, so they, the disciples go around, and they find a little boy that has five loaves of bread and two fish, and they present them to Jesus. Does Jesus get anxious about the problem? Nope. Nope. But what does he do? He looks up into heaven, and he prayed. And he invited God into the problem. Jesus looked into heaven and prayed, and he wasn't anxious or worried about how he's going to feed all the people, presented the the problem to God, and then what was the next thing he did? After he looked up and prayed, he thanked him. There's that word again, thanked. We have got to remember to insert our thankfulness in our prayers because it will help. Man, when you start looking at all the things you're thankful for and what he's done for you, you'll connect with God real fast. So let's look at what happens when we do pray. First of all, we connect with God. And this is where... Uh, This whole message came out of, we'd been reading as a church in our here journals, the book of Acts, and over the last several months. And and I got to Acts chapter 12, and it was in verse 5, and it goes like this. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly, that means with deep, sincere feeling, praying to God for him. And as the church was earnestly praying, a chain of events began to happen. This is so exciting that I just... This is what stuck out in my here journal. So what happens is an angel shows up in the prison cell, a light shines in the cell, the chains fall off Peter's wrists, the angel leads them out of prison, past the guards, out the gate, and out of the city into the dark of the night, totally undetected, because the church was praying. So I was like, whoa, wait, okay, okay. So then I go back to the very beginning of the book of Acts, and I just start finding all the accounts of what happened when people prayed. And I'm not going to go through them all, but I just want to share a few more with you. It says in Acts 2, 42 to 43, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were busy prayer people. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. What happened as a result of their prayer? Signs and wonders. wonders. Let's put the connection, guys. Acts 6.6. They presented the men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And the results were the word of God spread, the number of... I don't have that one, do I? Mm -mm. I don't think. Oh, I do. Thank you. They presented these men to their apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of God spread because of their prayers. The number of disciples increased rapidly, and the priest became obedient to the faith. A large number of them did. you got to remember, these priests said that Jesus was not the Messiah and that he he was um, a blasphemer. But it says that a large number of them became obedient to the faith because people were praying Keep praying for your loved ones yeah. that don't aren't obedient to the faith. I've been praying 35 years for my mother's salvation, and it finally happened. You pray until the completion. Yes. And you guys were all part of it, so thank you. In Acts 9-11, the Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he, Paul, is praying. What happens? Paul, while he's praying, has a vision. Paul sees Ananias coming to him to lay hands on him. And what happens? Because Ananias comes out of faith and obedience to God, and Paul says, I'm going to allow him to lay hands on me. What happens? He receives his sight, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Powerful. Powerful. Acts 10, we read about Cornelius and his encounter with Peter. Both men are devoted to regular prayer. The Spirit of God speaks to both of them and tells Peter to go to Cornelius' house. The Spirit of God tells Cornelius to welcome Peter into his home. Now, you got to remember, Jews and Gentiles don't mix. Cornelius is a Gentile and Peter is a Jew, and they are never to be in the same home, let alone or be around each other, let alone. Going into their home. That was, you were unclean when you did that. But because the men were praying, they had these visions and they obeyed. Amen. Then there was Tabitha. She was a disciple of Christ and she had become sick and she died. And Peter went to her and laid hands on her and she rose from the dead. Acts 16, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the the other prisoners were listening to them. What happens when they pray? An earthquake happens. The foundations of the prison shake. The the gates fly wide open. And their chains fall off, not only on Paul and Silas, but on all the people that were there. And the jailer and the whole household got saved. That event was just for the jailer and his family wasn't for Paul and Silas to get free it was for this man to get saved because people were praying so I'm going to share some results of prayer in my life over the last um, 40 years just these are a few highlights and the the power the I just I want you guys to get how powerful your prayers are and don't stop praying because there's a delay you have to keep praying till completion So I was barren, and we prayed for children, and I got three beautiful children because we prayed, Joel, Rebecca, and Abraham. And I had always asked the Lord for his very best spouses for my children. I prayed that when they were little babies, and I got Michaela and Jared and Ryan, the best for my children, everything I prayed for. I prayed for my my grandmother's salvation, and she got saved the day before she died. My daughter Rebecca she had RSV and a collapsed lung and she was hours away from death. If we hadn't got there when we did they said in a couple hours if we would have stayed home she would have been gone. But we walked out of that hospital. We spent some time there. We walked out with a daughter. She was still sick but she was alive and she lived. Abraham went down a flight of stairs in his walker. (laughs) Yeah it was pretty traumatic but the people of God prayed. We were praying, and we walk out of that hospital carrying him with not one brain injury. Amen. We prayed for our oldest son to be able to walk again after being paralyzed. After three months of praying and his para- being paralyzed, he walked again Amen. because people were praying. Right. There's power in our prayers. Amen. We get results. Amen. And like I said, I've been praying 35-plus years for my mom's salvation. And she came to know the Lord this past week. So I want to wrap up, and I pray that my goal for each of you is that you walk out of here knowing God uses our prayers. He wants to use that time to connect with him. A time where we set aside our distractions, our disappointments, our loneliness, and we create a space for God to meet us there. And that you walk away knowing the power that lies within your prayers. And that when you pray, supernatural events are released and happen. And he delights in them. The last thing I want to do is we're just going to... um, Oopsie. Is we're going to pray together Psalms 86. 86. And I just want you guys to just mentally place yourself. This is, we're going to pray scripture. Just mentally place yourself in this psalm. It says, hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God and have mercy on me. Lord, I call for you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. Lord, you are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord, and listen to my cry for mercy. When I'm in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you. Lord, no deed can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me, but they have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are compassionate. And gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, and turn to me and have mercy on me. Show me your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Amen. Amen. So this week, this is your action plan, your assignment. I want you guys to really connect with God. We talked about the different ways, silence and solitude, lecto divina, sorry, self-examination or praying scripture. And I want you guys to really work hard at putting it in your day somewhere or somehow make it happen no matter what he wants to be with you he wants to connect with you and express gratitude if you have had prayers that have been answered have a grateful heart and express that to God in prayer if you've had unanswered prayers keep praying with thankfulness until it's completion don't let delay stop you And then we're going to be reading Acts 25 and 26, memorizing Psalms 111.9.